I am not speaking. The pastor is not preaching after many, many years. Don't say ye. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm happy. How many, how many enjoyed? I, I saw the one who said ye. I took note. Okay, so how many love the worship team is increasing? You know, the kingdom of God, in the kingdom, everything grows. If it's growing, that means it's a sign that it's increasing. Okay, so our worship team is increasing. So three years I was praying, Beloved just started, and then I was like, you know, for three years during COVID, doing it on a Sunday and a Wednesday, we used to have Bible study. It's obviously not me doing it, it's Christ doing it, because if I was doing it, I wouldn't be able to do it, okay? Uh, th that's why I say the weight is not on you, the weight is on Him. When He is doing it, it'll always be easy and light. Um, so we have an elder here, Geetu, for the first time she's speaking. And the word started birthing in. You can see Rishi and Hebron, they'll be the future ones who will be bringing forth the word. Uh, so beloved is awake, alive. Beloved is never going to sleep. If you're in Christ, you can't be sleeping. If you're in Christ, you're actually awake, okay? So hear the word. If you don't understand it, do not try and understand it. It's a seed. A seed will do what it's supposed to do. Just be receiving, he hearing. And if she doesn't finish today, I'm going to give her next Sunday also. So we are time bound. Um, but I feel like she's going to have a lot of increase and in life that you're going to receive out of her. I'm so excited for today. Okay, so let's welcome our lovely elder, Geetu. Okay, good morning. <laughs> so um, I like what Habron said. Uh, when we do it unto the Lord, okay, it doesn't matter who likes it. Our Father loves it. He loves us, he rejoices, and he celebrates us. Okay, so we'll start. I'm taking a long word today. <laughs> okay, so yeah, part one, first, if I complete, and then if I don't, then part two, okay? And uh, so today, I will be sharing a very important and powerful message. And uh, <clears throat> the objective of this um, is actually uh, the ignorance, the prevalence of ignorance of what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross in the churches worldwide. Okay, so there's a lot of ignorance on that. And, um, and therefore, there have been new rituals, uh, practices, traditions which have started in these churches, widely practiced, okay? And it's far from the truth. So it says that, um, John 8.32, are we? Yeah, okay. So John 8.32 says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So we are if we are ignorant, we are blinded, we don't know the truth, you will be living a, a life bound in lies, okay? So the truth, I'm here to tell you the truth on certain things, and this truth will set you free. The second objective is that uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. What knowledge is this? the knowledge of what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross and has freely given us, okay? This, there is a lack of communication of this 
in its purest form from the pulpit to the people. Okay, so this is what we are going to stress on. Now, I will be sharing from um, the experience of my life and I will elaborate it. Can I have this a little lower? Yes. Yeah. Slightly lower. No, not highest. No. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Okay. Now I'll start with my experience. Okay, this is true. And uh, I was part of a ministry called Ministry a couple of years back. I left the ministry about three and a half years back. And um, so this, was a, this is a ministry of deliverance. And I've also studied from under... All right? Now, I'll tell you my, uh, my whole journey. So when I got saved, when I came into the kingdom, my life, the only thing I knew was my father came back to me came to save me from death. And the life that he gave me was filled with abundance, blessings, and I was just enjoying it. The, the very thing that transformed my life was that he said he forgave me of all my sins. That was a 360 change, 360 transformation in my life. So, um, then, uh, one year down the road, okay, I lost touch with Priya, and, uh, and then I decided I will plant myself in a church. All right, so I was, looking, um, I was looking for a church. I was church hopping, looking for life, to receive life from the church. But I was somehow not receiving the fullness of it, or that there was a lack of it, or there was something amiss. Okay, and um, in this period, I felt the I felt a heaviness build on me. Okay, the heaviness of the law that I had to do something to get right with God. I had to do something to get justified. I had to do something uh, to get my family members saved. It was my responsibility and my burden. Okay, so the heaviness was, it was too much. When I reconnected with Priya, I, the first thing I told her was, what is this heaviness? Okay, and the answer was so simple, leave the churches. And that's exactly what I did. Okay, now, uh, so in the journey, uh, I find someone told me that my calling is deliverance. So I thought, okay, so this is it. I, will, I got planted in a church or a fellowship that was doing deliverance, all right? And um, I started studying. I studied it, and I started delivering. So I was binding demons. I was casting out demons. I was, um, I was also made to recall my past, okay? Recall my sins, which, were, which I had forgotten. Recall it repent, confess, okay, <laughs> and deliver others, and cast out demons, and um, exorcisms, okay, and so I did all this, I was doing it for uh, some time, and, um, uh, and after some time, 
I realized I became very demon conscious. That is, everything that I saw, I saw a demon in it. Even if it meant a design on the wall or on the bedsheet, I'll say that is demonic. Okay, so I started seeing uh, demons everywhere. And um, my heart got very condemned. I felt very guilty all the time, all the time. So, and that's when things started going wrong in my life, all right? Now, because I was so demon conscious, I started experiencing demonic, demonic activities in my life. Uh, and they were real, they were really real. And um, it was like a door shutting right in front of my face, just like what you see in the movies, okay? Uh, bottles getting kicked, cupboards getting opened. There was once I had gone to minister to someone, I closed my eyes, I laid my hands, I said a prayer. When I opened my eyes, I, I lost my vision. And that was for a couple of hours. That experience shook me. I mean, I thought to myself, this shouldn't be happening. I'm ministering, I'm giving the word. Why should I go blind, okay? And uh, then eventually my vision cleared up. And, um, and apart from that, Psalm 91, I felt the promises of God was not yes and amen for me suddenly. Psalm 91 was not alive to me. And my son started getting into accidents all the time, all the time. So all other kids would be fine. My son would get into accidents. And um, then towards the end of the journey, I got into an accident, a freak accident, where I broke my little finger and I had to go for a surgery. And eight to 10 months down the road, okay, I was trying for my second child, okay? I was diagnosed with multiple fibroids, multiple fibroids. And uh, the gynec told me that one of the fibroid is rotten, okay? That means it's disintegrated, it's rotten. And uh, he said, I don't think we can salvage your uterus. It would go for hysterectomy. So here I am trying for a second child in my mind. I was in my heart, okay? And the doctor is saying something else altogether. This devastated me, really devastated me because I knew that my father came to save me and how could this happen? <clears throat> So uh, what I did was, when, once this was told to me, I went back to my fellowship and I told them, so this is it, this is my diagnosis. Their response was shocking, okay? They said that now you take your uterus, put it at the feet of Jesus, and it will be his will whether he wants to save it, salvage it or not. That was the last straw, okay? so. This is a group of people who doesn't know what the will of the Father is, all right? So there was the last straw. I left church right at that point. All church, all churches. I left and I decided to be by myself, okay? So I was on my own. I decided I will go for the surgery and get done with whatever it is. And, uh, but a truth came to my mind that Jesus came to save me, to save me, not so that I should die today, today, 
it, he came to save me so that I shall have life and life in abundance. Okay? I just stood on that one verse till I went in for my surgery. So the surgery happened, all right? Now they found only one fibroid, all the other fibroids they could not find. And that one that they said was rotten turned out to be a very simple fibroid. The surgery that they said, which could take four hours, hysterectomy, turned out to be a very simple half an hour surgery. And the surgeon was able to restore back my uterus. Cutting the story short, three months down the road, I conceived. Ten months down the road, I had a supernatural painless delivery. Okay? So, even though I was in a mess, but when you awake to the truth, Jesus is able to restore it back all together into one piece. And, uh, and there's really no death in the path of the righteous. Okay? Now, um, and then in that interim period, I decided, I, I started feeding myself on the, on the word of life, of life. Okay? So I started awakening to who I was and started resting in it. And as I did that, okay, I was walking in the consciousness that now I, this is, this is who I am. I'm the righteousness of God and I'm a son of God. Now all the promises automatically started becoming yes and amen in my life. I have shared the testimony of supernatural divine protection over my family. So that's what I saw. Divine protection over my children. Even, even though I was unaware of it, I saw the protection over them. Okay? And uh, so as real as my experiences were previously, it did not match the word. But then when I stood on the word, my experiences changed to the word, to what the word says. And now, when I walk into a room, I walk in the dominion of a son of God, right? Now, there is what used to be manifestations. My patients used to manifest. My staff used to manifest, okay? That stopped happening. And when I say, get out, the evil spirit gets out with no negotiation, all right? So, yeah. Now, that was, that's, a, that's my experience in short. Now we'll get into the word. Okay. Let's see Galatians 2.20. But before that, okay. What, what is the foundation and the basis that this deliverance ministry is built on? Okay. Breaking of curses, curses of the law, generational curses. What is this? Is this what something we need to do today in the new covenant? Let's look at Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Okay, now what does it say? I no longer live. It is Christ who lives in me, through me. 
and the life which I live in this flesh, this flesh now. Gitanjali died. So who's living now in this flesh? It is Jesus Christ. Okay? We live in the faith of the Son of God. Now let me ask you, does Jesus Christ need deliverance? Does he need curses to be broken? Does he need to confess his sins repeatedly? No. Okay, now let's move on to Romans 6, 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into death, his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism into death. That Jesus, uh, sorry, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Again, for, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Have you died? Yes, it's Christ living in you. So you are free from sin, from curses, from offenses, from bondages. Okay? Now, the cross is, uh, um, it is identification. Okay? Jesus went on the cross on our behalf so that today we don't have to go on the cross and get all the punishment. So he got the punishment, the penalties on his flesh. Okay, see, he went on the cross, we went on the cross. He was buried, we were buried. And he rose again in the resurrection life. We rose again in resurrection life. That is our position. Okay, so now it says here, our old man was crucified with him. Okay, so the old Gitanjali was crucified with Christ on the cross. Old Priya crucified. Old Rishi crucified. Everything that was with you in the past, Adamic life, okay, all your curses, generational curses, your diseases, bondages, hereditary uh, diseases, offenses, everything on the cross. Okay, now we are a new man, new creation, new creation. That is who we are now. Okay, now let's look at your identity. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Okay, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, all things have passed away. And now all things have become new. Now, what's your identity? 
you are the son of God. You're born from God. Okay, now you are the righteousness of God. Your bloodline, your Adamic bloodline got cut off once and for all. Now you are in the bloodline of Jesus Christ, walking this earth and reigning on this earth as a son of God. Okay, that is your identity. And when Jesus went on the cross, okay, now what he did, he shed his blood. He became sin for us. He took all our sins, all our curses on himself so that he will give, this, is what, this was the exchange. He took our sins and curses and he gave us his righteousness, his blessings and his inheritances. All we need to do is just receive it in faith. That was the exchange. And now the separation which was there between you and God, the veil that was removed forever. Now you are one with God. God sees you holy, blameless, guilt-free, fully restored and complete. That's what God sees in you right now. Okay, we'll go on. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing, not passing on, okay? Their trespasses to them, offenses, sins to them, and has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Okay? So now, the practices that are prevalent in the churches, you know, continual confession of your sins, uh, breaking of your, um, uh, the past, your uh, curses, okay? Are you saying that the blood that Jesus shed on the cross is of no effect? Are we saying that? No, okay? Are we saying that the blood is of no use, that it is not able to cover us, to remove our sins once and for all? No. But this is what is being, uh, this is the message that is being preached in many of the churches. Now we'll go on to Galatians 3.10. Okay. The question arose in my mind, why wasn't the promises of God yes and amen during the time where I, my journey, in my journey, and I was, uh, I felt that Psalm 91 was not alive for me. Why did that happen? Okay. Psalm 91, you want me to say it? Okay. So Psalm 91 is, um, it's about your protection when you are dwelling, your, your dwelling place is in Christ, okay, in the secret place of the Most High, 
Nothing by any means can touch you and your family. No sickness, no disease, no plague, no disaster, no evil. Nothing can touch you. It's a place of the most, it's the most protected place. Okay? So, it says here in Galatians 3.10, For as many are, as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of law to do them but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. So basically what this says, what Jesus did on the cross, you reject it. Okay? And you say that, no, I will get right before God in my own flesh, in my works, in my effort, I'm not receiving what Jesus has done. And it is not possible for us to get holy in this flesh. Okay? So if you reject what Jesus is giving you freely, then the promises of God are not yes and amen in your life. Okay, let's move on. Beloved is receiving is awake and is sharper than a double-edged sword <laughs> okay let's go on so we move on Christ to Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? So the word redeemed here is ransomed. That means Jesus paid a heavy price, a price with his life to get you out of the kingdom of darkness into, the, into his kingdom. Okay? So he ransomed us by becoming a curse on the cross. Okay? Now, Jesus hung on the cross for six hours. And every second of those six hours, curse after curse, which were meant for us, which was ours, curse after curse fell on the body of Christ till every curse of the law was exhausted on his body. And he said, it is finished. Okay, that's what he meant. Everything went on his flesh so that today we are set free from all those curses and we reign in this life because of his blessings. Okay. Now, I would like to show you some examples of curses, the curses of the law. Uh, because curses of the law which you have redeemed from, okay? So that you are aware what is a curse and what is a blessing because there is some confusion in the churches, okay? So uh, before that, I would like to ask, is sickness, disease, a curse or a blessing? Common sense question. <laughs> it's a curse, okay? But if you ask 
some of the churches, they will say, no, it was sent by God to teach you a lesson. <laughs> to test you so that you get closer to God. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay? Curses and diseases, uh, sorry, diseases and sicknesses are curses of the law which you have been redeemed from. Okay? Now, let's go to Deuteronomy 28, 16, the first one. Okay? Cursed shall you be in the city and cursed shall you be in the country. So, if you are cursed, there's no point moving countries for a better job. You are cursed. <laughs> okay? The so next one, Deuteronomy 28.17. Yeah, I'm going to say that after this. Okay? So Deuteronomy 28.17. Cursed shall be the basket. Okay, I can't make jokes. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That is livelihood. Your livelihood will be cursed. There will always be poverty and lack. Deuteronomy 28.18. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body, that is, miscarriages, stillbirths, okay? And, uh, of course, your children, the babies that were born. The produce of your land, the increase of your cattle, and, and the offspring of your flocks, your businesses, all cursed. Deuteronomy 28, 22, okay? Here it says, the Lord will strike you. Strike here means not giving you, but in the Hebrew tense, it is permissive. God permits it to happen, okay? The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, with mildew, okay? So all these are diseases. And it says in one translation, this is tuberculosis, all right? Deuteronomy 28, 27. The Lord will strike you with boils, with tumors, with scabs, with the itch from which you cannot be healed. Deuteronomy 28, 30. You shall betroth a wife, but, uh, sorry, but another man shall lie with her. Adultery, that's a curse. Okay? Now, you shall build a house and not dwell in it. So you will do hard work, but not get credit for it. You will, you will work the land, but not eat the fruit of it or receive the fruits of it, okay? And uh, Deuteronomy 28, 14, 41. You shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity, addictions, vices, bondages. You lose your children to these. That's a curse. Deuteronomy 28, 38. You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little. You will toil, but you will make very little money. Okay? And you shall borrow. The next one. 28.44. You shall borrow. Not, it's just not one act of borrowing. It goes into a vicious cycle of borrowing. It's a bondage. Okay? You shall be the tail not the head. So you will never make any decisions. You will just follow people. Deuteronomy 28.60. So if you think some of your diseases, some of the diseases are not mentioned, it is mentioned in 28.60. Moreover, 
he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt, of which shall cling to you, and also every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of law. All these are curses which you have been redeemed from. Okay? Just in case you are experiencing something today, you will be set free by the truth. Okay. Right. There's one more I would like to add, one more curse. <laughs> Which you have been redeemed from. Okay. <laughs> Genesis 3.16. Right. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and conception. In pain you shall bring forth your children. Okay. Labor pain is a curse. Okay, which we have been redeemed from. And my second delivery, when I awoke as a son, it was smooth, it was pain-free, it was effortless. Amen. <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough with the curses now. <laughs> now, let's go on to the blessings. But, yeah, the opposite of it, which is yours. Okay. Now, um, okay, so we go back to Galatians 3.10, 3.10. So Christ has redeemed us from all the curses that we spoke about just now, okay? For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Are you Gentiles in Christ Jesus? Indian Gentiles? Yes. Okay, so, and it says that, I'll tell you, if you are Jesus's, you are Abraham's seed, and you are the heir to all these promises, the blessings of Abraham. Okay, now let's look at the blessings. Deuteronomy 28.1. Okay. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of your Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today. So this part, Jesus accomplished on the cross. He obeyed and it is done with. Now the blessings, you just have to receive it and enjoy the blessings that were given to you freely. And all these blessings, verse 2, it says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. What does that mean? One blessing comes and it smacks you on the face. Okay? Another blessing comes, it just comes upon you. The other blessing comes, it just engulfs you. That's what it means. All right? Now, okay, let's move on to verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. The blessing is on you, wherever you are, even if it means a desert, the blessing is on you. Anything you touch will be blessed and prosper. It will prosper. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, your children, your conception, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. 
so your businesses will just flourish. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, your livelihood. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come at you in one way, but they will flee in seven different ways. So they will be confused. Why did I try? <laughs> they will flee confused. Okay? The Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouses. Your bank accounts would suddenly increase. It will increase. And in all to which you set your hand on. So if you want to start a business, just start it. It will prosper. God will give you the ideas. You will get the ideas. It will just flourish. Verse 9. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see you that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. This is abundance. Plenty of goods. In the fruits of your body, children, in the increase of your livestock, businesses, and the produce of your ground, the money that you make, the profits. Verse 12, you shall lend to many nations. You will not borrow now. You will start lending out of the abundance. And you will be the head. You will start making decisions, and people will follow you. Okay, you shall be above only and not beneath. Okay, so all these blessings, sons, they are yours. You are living it right now. Amen. Beloved is receiving. <laughs> okay, all right. Now we'll go on to Hebrews 10, verse 1. Okay, now I was told to. Repent, constantly repent, confess my sins, my past sins, my ancestral sins, my current sins. So I was in a cycle of continual repentance. I used to think, you know, random thoughts will come. Oh, you did this, you did that, you fell short, you did this mistake. And I, and I was told that I have to do this so that there won't be an offense in my life. And uh, little did I know, at that point, when I was blinded by the truth, all offenses were already on the cross. All the sins were already on the cross. But at that point, I was in this um, uh, practice of continually repenting. Okay? Now, now, let's look at the word. It says here, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered. For the worshippers, once purified, would have no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats 
could not take away sins. So this is actually talking about the old, how they used to give sin offering with the blood of bulls and goats. Now drop down to verse 8. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, the first covenant, that he may establish the second covenant, Jesus. Okay? By that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. I'm coming to this now. Okay? Next one, verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices back to the old, which can never take away the sins. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice, took away the sins forever and sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Okay, let me explain. In the old, when they sinned, they gave an offering once a year, the blood of bulls and goats. But it says in the word, this could not perfect them. That means it did, could not cancel, could not remove, blot out their sins permanently. It just covered them for one year. It could not remove the consciousness of sin in your heart, condemnation in your heart, okay? But Jesus came, he shed his blood. That blood perfected us, that sanctification. We go for sanctification. We are sanctified once and for all, okay? And So he sanctified us once and for all, and he perfected us forever. So what does the perfected here mean? He has blotted out, removed, canceled all our sins, all our case, uh, curses, once and for all and forever. Forever means yesterday, uh, not yesterday, the past, present, and future, okay? And God is not in time. He is outside time. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? Now, when we do these practices without understanding, in ignorance, okay, the blood of Jesus has already taken away our sins and curses. But here, there are people telling us, confess your sins repeatedly. You know, you sinned, there'll be an offense. So confess, confess. So I, are they implying that the blood of bulls and goats, which could at least cover for one year, is greater than the blood that was shed by Jesus, God's blood that was shed on the cross? No. Jesus Christ is the, the ultimate act that one act of Jesus has sanctified us permanently. Okay. Then the other thing that I mentioned 
was recalling of your past. So you get your Pandora's box, you open up, bring out all the dirt that Jesus has already nailed on the cross. You have to confess it, you have to bring it out, you have to, you have to recall it, you have to bring it to remembrance, okay? Is this scriptural? Let, let us read. Yeah, it is actually doing a surgery on a dead man. We are dead. So what is this opening of which box is this? Okay, so that same uh, Hebrews 1 verse 16. Okay, let's read what God says. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Who's saying this? God is saying. So who is, who is man to tell us to recollect all our past? What right does it give them to judge us and condemn us? Okay? Now, why doesn't God remember our sins anymore? Let's move on to Colossians 2, verse 13. Hiral. Okay, we'll read that. This realm of death describes our former state. So we were, um, we were in the realm of death for and then we, at that point, we were held in sin's grasp. But now, we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return back, for we are forever alive and forever forgiven of all our sins. Now, why God doesn't remember it anymore? Because, next verse, he cancelled out every legal violation we had on our record. The old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he cancelled it. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained, stinking souls, our past, he deleted it all. And they cannot be retrieved. This God is saying it cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto the cross everything is on the cross there is no more remembrance of it it has been deleted it has been cancelled permanently okay amen okay now so what are these people what are what are these people doing when they make you repent your sins recollect your past you know, they are, what they are actually doing, they are making you sin conscious. They are getting you so condemned. So this deliverance, deliverance was supposed to be deliverance of healing, to give you healing from your sicknesses, from your bondages, from your um, uh, problems, from the troubles of your life. But do you think sin consciousness can do any of it? Let me tell you, health, divine health 
and uh, healing is directly proportional to righteousness consciousness. Death and sickness is directly proportionate to sin consciousness. So when you go into the cycle of sin consciousness and condemnation, do you think you're going to get healed? No, you're going to die. <laughs> yes, I have seen, in my experience, I have seen people who, okay, in my experience, I've seen the people who taught me this deliverance, they fell sick. When I was doing deliverance, my heart was so condemned, my body fell sick. And the people who came with problems went back with more problems. So, so I started, when I started deliverance, I had no problems in my life. Only thing was salvation, which is my inheritance. But by the end of it, I had problems. So I can tell you that much. Okay, so who are these people who are telling you to do this? Is it the Spirit of God? It's not. Okay, foundational verse. <laughs> what does the Holy Spirit convict you of? Yes, righteousness. He will tell you that you are a son of God. You are right and justified forever before the eyes of God. He will take whatever that belongs to you and declare it to you. That's what the Spirit of God does. So these people, this is not the Spirit of God. Okay? Now let's move on to... Um, Hebrews 10. Hidden? Okay. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us now draw near with a true heart in full assurance having how our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, that is, the guilt conscience, the condemnation has been removed, okay? And our bodies washed with pure water. So when the condemnation is removed, we are free, bold to go before God and ask God, okay? Now, 1 John 3, 18. My little children, let us not love in the word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. By this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God and whatever we ask, we receive from him. So, did, can the deliverance ministry do anything for you? No, because it's a condemned heart. You cannot receive healing. You cannot receive deliverance. You cannot receive your troubles from being uh, sorted out. It, it cannot happen. Okay. So when I was 
When I had those demonic experiences, okay, I was told I was being attacked by the enemy because of some offense, something which I didn't confess for. Okay? So the enemy was attacking me. And this really brought me into fear. I was gripped by fear because I was afraid for the safety of my son. I told you that he started getting into accidents. So I was, uh, I was bound by this lie and I was afraid for my son, afraid for myself. So I was completely bound by this lie. Okay? Now let us see what the, what the Bible says, whether we can be um, attacked. Okay? Let's go on to Colossians 2, 15, verse 15. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers, principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. So what did Jesus do? He stripped away every weapon, all spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. We are in Jesus. Are we prisoners, slaves to the enemy? No. They, it is our prisoners. Okay. Next, Ephesians 1.20. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, far above, okay, where are you seated? Far above all principality, power, might, dominion and every name the name of the enemy okay not only in this age but also which is to come and he put them where under your feet okay and gave you to be head over all these things of the church luke 10 luke 10 17 then the 70 returned with joy saying lord even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, Jesus says to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So you are, you've been given the authority, you are the authority to trample over the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So what, can you see the lie that brings fear onto the people? Okay, that you could be attacked. Can you be attacked? You are a son of God. The son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Not the devil destroy you. You destroy the works of the devil. 
Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Amen? Yeah. Okay. Now, beloved sons. Therefore, if the, the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In Christ, you have liberty. Liberty from curses. Liberty from sins. Liberty from bondages, offenses, generational diseases. You have liberty. Don't let these people uh, cheat you or, um, what's the word? <laughs> Deprive you of your blessings, okay? Because of the lie which they tell you that you are a sinner and you have to get right in your own efforts before God. Don't let that lie permeate in you because it did in me. That one lie that permeated my whole system, okay, it took me a while to come out from it, but what was a life, a gift given by my father to me, man made it go in a roller coaster ride because of their doctrines, because of the trickery, because of the lies. Okay, so sons, be vigilant. You now know the truth. Jesus, sorry, God so loved the world, so loved you, so loved me, so loved us, that he gave up his only begotten son so that we shall have eternal life and life in abundance. That is the truth. Okay, now we'll close with this last verse. Colossians 2.16, 2.18. 18 onwards we'll read. Don't let anyone disqualify, disqualify you from your prize. Don't let their pretended sincerity fool you as they deliberately led you into the initiation of angel worship. For they take pleasure in pretending to be experts of something they know nothing about. Their reasoning is meaningless and comes only from their own opinions. They refuse to take hold of the true source, the truth. But we receive directly from him, and his life supplies vitality into every part of his body through the joining ligaments connecting us all as one. He is the divine head who guides his body and causes it to grow by the supernatural power of God. For you were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the religious system and powers of this world. Don't retreat back. Don't get bullied by the standards and opinions of religion and of man. For example, their strict requirements, you can't associate with that person. Don't eat that. You can't touch that. This is demonic. That is demonic, okay? These are the doctrines of men and corrupt customs that are worthless 
to help you spiritually. For though they may appear to possess the promise of wisdom in their submission to God through deprivation of their physical bodies, it is actually nothing more than empty rules in religious rituals. It is a dead work. Okay? So, sons, you have been set free, and we are free indeed. Beloved, you have received, you have been blessed, and you have been enriched. Amen. Okay. You know why we took this? Uh, some pastor wrote to me last week and invited beloved to trees come to India. So, and he said, you know, do your church members want to go? So I said, delivered from what? Get delivered from what? So I said, don't you know that Christ delivered us already from all sickness, from everything? So I sent him a link of my video uh, to hear. Uh, I am happy that he wrote to me. Uh, he said, I, I, I knew you're a pastor, and so I, I sent him that link. So it's interesting that I told Geetu, what do you want to share? She said, I want to share on deliverance. I said, do you know this is going on right now in Bombay? So how the Lord is so good to bring out a message even like that. Uh, you know, my dad went on to be with the Lord. He had cancer. Okay, but that time I didn't know. The, the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. That means in his light, when you see it, you'll see light and where darkness is. So I know. So first time when cancer came, I didn't know any better. My dad went on to be with the Lord. But when cancer came knocking on my mom's door, I knew better. I knew that I'm a son of God, like, hello, excuse me, you can't come in this time. And so I told you, we don't fight the devil, we resist the devil and he will flee. So during my mom's time, one report said cancerous. I said, hello, no, Psalm 91, we are sons of God. Everything that belongs to you belongs to your heavenly father. So you rest. I said, mom, no praying. We'll do the same test again, it is wrong. Okay, and we did the next test again. I told you it came on a good Friday. I said, I said, that time in my family, not many were in the kingdom. They didn't know about Jesus. I said, Jesus, do it in such a way where everyone knows your true God. And that report came on a good Friday. It came non-malignant for cancer, that the father is so good, okay? So why did she take all the curses? Not to tell you, is because the opposite is true for you. So that now it's no more by toil, you'll receive things effortlessly. You're no more the slave, you'll be the head. You don't have to go looking to a country to get rich. The blessing is on you. In the wilderness, God will make you the most abundant, okay? The blessing is not on the land, it's on you, okay? Uh, you will be blessed wherever you go. All of those blessings that she took, they're all yours. So we just rest and say, amen. Jesus became a curse so that you can be a blessing wherever you go, okay? So let's give a tithe, stand up. Let's just say this, close your eyes. Just say, Father. I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus, you're my high priest. And right now, I give you a thanksgiving of everything that I heard. Yeah, and now just pray in tongues and just worship him with that. Father, we just thank you for this word. I thank you for the increase that you will multiply it. In Jesus' name, amen.